You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Hey, happy birthday, by the way. I think this is like our birthday anniversary. This is kind of our anniversary. Birthday anniversary. And it's also it's Harper's birthday. birthday. I know. That's how I can remember. <laughs> we missed a time recording. Yeah. Hey, uh, thank you. <laughs> what were we YouTube. talking about? We were talking <laughs> about video games. We were talking about the National Video Game Museum. The Yes. And uh, the, the Free Play Arcade, which Dude. are not close to each other, unfortunately. They're not. Okay, so mm-hmm. Free Play Arcade's in Richardson on like east of 75, right? That's right. And, and this is all the way up in Frisco. This is in Frisco. Frisco, is it Texas. Right, is it like right next to the, the uh, Gearbox building? It sh- um, well, I don't know where Gearbox is, so I'm going to say no. Gearbox is right off the tollway, like right across the street from uh, Toyota Stadium. It is not. Okay. <laughs> I was uh, For the longest time, I was really curious if... Did they build the, the National Video Game Museum in the Gearbox building? Uh, like, is this some weird marketing ploy by I don't Gearbox? think so, but the, but the owner um, definitely has a, a stake. Uh, in Gearbox? Yeah. No, no, in, in the museum. In the museum. Well, you can tell I, a lot I figure of, an owner would have. Yeah, but there's a whole exhibit that is like, here's a replica of his office. <laughs> Randy Randy. Pitchford. Pitchford. Okay. Pitchford's office. Yeah. And it's like, this is odd, but hey, the I guy s- underwrote the whole thing. I saw Randy Pitchford's actual office. Did you? Yeah. Do, wow. you, do you remember my uh, my WrestleMania adventure when WrestleMania was coming through Dallas? I do. And I had this whole like mission. I was going to meet Xavier Woods. If you're if is. you watch WWE, he uh, he's in a tag team called New Day. Um, okay. But he also does a YouTube channel where they play video games mm. uh, with other wrestlers and on Twitch. Like, he's a, no, no, not on Twitch. It's on YouTube. I do think they Twitch sometimes. But he's got it's a great YouTube channel. Like this you dude take a lot is of hits legitimately. Like that back in the day. You're gonna Twitch a lot. He's a <laughs> Boom boom. That's so dumb. Dumb twitch. <laughs> Cut that part out, Joe. <laughs> no, but he's a legit gamer. He's a legit nerd. He's playing Pokemon Go and oh. like last night on WWE Raw, he was like, I am a level twenty one Pokemon Go player. <laughs> Started like listing off all of his Pokemon. It was fantastic. Have you been playing that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, you were about to make a point. We can talk no, about it. No, no, no. But all, all I'm saying is uh I went to Gearbox, because uh, a mutual friend of ours mm-hmm. works for Gearbox. Yes, he does. And uh, I found out on the Up Up Down Down that's Xavier Woods uh, channel YouTube uh, channel is uh, I saw on their Twitter feed that they're going to be at Gearbox, so I reach out to our mutual friend and I'm like, hey, can you help me out with this? And at first he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Then about two hours later he writes me back and he's like, dude, um, be here on this day Whoa. at this time and I'll give you the and he put in quotes tour of the facility. That's cryptic. And uh, and so I went on up there. And yeah, totally got to meet him. Nice. Like there, I I had this mission. I was like, I need to meet this guy. We're gonna be new best friends. And that's when I took that picture. And that's that new best friends. Oh, I wonder who that was. Yeah, but while I was there, he actually, you know, our mutual friend gave us the tour. And while I'm walking around, fucking Penn Gillette comes walking out of one of the offices. What? What was he doing there? The office of one Randy Pitchford. Ah. Uh. And uh, and yeah, I guess he had some movie that was like crowdfunded or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Randy Pitchford was in on that too. He that put some money into that. 
His fingers in a lot of pies, yeah, doesn't he? Fingers in dozens of different pies. <laughs> oh, but it's sad when a love affair dies. Is that Hamilton? It's from Evita. Mm. <laughs> Something a little bit classier than Hamilton. Whoa! Whoa, Bill! <laughs> I still haven't seen or heard anything from Hamilton. Are you holding uh, off like I am? No, it's not even holding off. It's just that I haven't had the chance. I haven't really right. had the opportunity to go like, okay, YouTube.com, Hamilton, Show me what this is all about. Is it on YouTube? I don't know. I don't I'm think just it using is. it as an example. I don't think it is. Because they're making a big deal about it being on PBS. And like, oh, the last... Oh, is it going to be on the PBS? Lin-Manuel, whatever that guy's name, yeah, performance of it. Emmanuel in Outer Space. That's right. <laughs> Part six. I, I love those Showtime Skinamax. <laughs> uh, all right, this is the Editing Bay on oh, the yeah. Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're bad movies. Sometimes they're good movies. Uh, whatever the case may be, it will be a movie that we watch. That is a fact. And then we come back here. Actually, it's not a fact because we once did a whole episode on the web series that I did. Oh, that's true. So, so maybe it's not a movie. It's not canon. From, from here on out, it will be a movie. Not canon. And we'll, uh, we'll come back here, we'll talk about it, give it our criticisms, mm-hmm. and uh, discuss it with each other and with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners who can talk back to us on Facebook in the search bar. Put in the Editing Bay. You'll see that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes, and that's where you can talk back to us and give us your thoughts. And uh, and this week was my pick. Yeah, and something well, that was of. on one. It was on your list. That's right. And the I master was, list. I was happy. Schindler's list. I could have saved one more. <laughs> I could have saved one more. I feel that way when we watch movies sometimes. <laughs> I could have saved time. <laughs> like Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Could have saved brain cells. My old man used to tell me before he left this shitty world. <laughs> Never have regrets about watching movies. Actually, I don't mind that one too much. Yeah? I was more thinking about No Holds Barred, speaking of wrestling. <laughs> wow, you are still holding the No Holds Barred. Until we Joel, see you're a not movie supposed that is to worse. hold any bars. <laughs> I am holding on to that bar. <laughs> Uh, so we talked about uh, we talked about last week like what movie we wanted to do, and it turns out Highlander's what celebrating its 30th, 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, and Highlander being one of those movies, just like Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, just about any movie with an H. Hideaway, Harley Davidson, the Marlboro <laughs> Man, Highlander. If it started with an H, Ooh, it ho- was Hollow Man. Hollow Man. Mm-hmm. No, Howard mean, the Duck. You mean Holloman? Holloman. <laughs> Hello, my name's Ira Holloman, <laughs> <laughs> and I can make you invisible to computer hacking. <laughs> Uh, I love that. Never gets old, Joe. Never gets old. <laughs> so, uh, so no, we uh, we we had on the list a bunch of movies, and I picked Highlander. Mm-hmm. Love this movie, yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm really excited to watch this because you've never seen it before, yeah? I hadn't seen it in, in its entirety, and uh, of course, we, we were talking earlier. We both accidentally slash on purpose watched the director's cut. Yes. It seems to be all that's available nowadays. I'm sitting in the, I'm sitting at home and I'm watching my father's in town mm-hmm. uh, for Harper's birthday. We have a big birthday party coming up this weekend. And uh, and so we're sitting here, we're watching the movie and there's the part in the very beginning and I haven't seen the director's cut as much as I've seen the original movie. Joel, how many times have you seen this film? I've seen this movie a lot. Okay, what like does that the straight-up original cut. I've probably seen. Are we in Star Wars territory? Yes. Yeah, we're absolutely really? in Star Wars territory wow. with this movie. I liked this movie so much when you I was bought in the high company? school. I. You're not I'm, only a I'm not, only, I'm not only the president. I'm also an immortal. <laughs> um, so I loved this movie so much that. We had the stereo system hooked up to our TV at mm-hmm. home, and I put the tape in, let it play, and I 
recorded the audio oh. of the entire movie and then would put it in a Walkman and listen, listen to it to all film. day at school. We used to do that. My family, or me and my brother and sister, used to do that with the SNL skits. We mm. would record them the prior night and then uh, replay them back. So there were a lot of skits that we have committed to memory. <laughs> but you don't know what they actually the audio. Do. Yeah, exactly. For the longest time, I had no idea Ed Grimley had that hairstyle. <laughs> You're just only like, knew the this voice. This guy talks weird. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, I... I would spend my days in school, like in study period and stuff, or when we're doing rehearsals, hmm. I'd have my headphones on, and I'd be listening to the audio from fucking Highlander. That's awesome. Which makes me, before we even get into this movie, mm-hmm. makes me truly appreciate the music and the sound design of this movie. Absolutely, and dude. I don't know if it's because I spent so much time, and I'm, I'm glad I can talk to you about this now, I don't know if it's because I listened to it so much or if it's just it was that fucking good. No, it has a great score. Michael Kamen uh, did the uh, bleh, rest did in peace the, uh, the store. Oh, did he die too? Right. Michael Kamen died a long time ago. Oh man, he did the the soundtrack. If you're if he sounds familiar to you, Michael Kamen did all the music That's for the right. Lethal Weapon movies. Uh huh. So like every scene that was like punctuated with a. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's Michael Kamen. Michael Kamen was also the composer and conductor uh, when Metallica did their symphonic, their uh, S&M album, the oh, symphony and Metallica getting yeah. together. That was Michael Kamen that did that. Uh, with I didn't them. know that. Oh, Michael Kamen's been all over. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I guess I do remember him dying. We, we had a, a spat of famous film composers pass yeah. within the, like the last ten years. Jerry Goldsmith, Howard Shore, uh, Howard Shore, and then no, Paulie no, Shore. No, no, he's not dead. <laughs> Howard Shore's still with us. You're thinking Hans of Hans uh, Zimmer. James, no, stop. James Horner. James Horner did pass away. Sat in a corner. Recently. Eating, eating his curds and whey. <laughs> a long this time no spider and said, look at my thumb. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm totally fucking Excuse confused. Mixing that up. Okay, cut that out, Jeff. There's no way to No, No holds dead. to be barred. <laughs> that is no hold to be barred. But going back to Learner, yes, a great score to that to that film. Um, he's he's uh, uh, He did The Iron Giant. He did oh, um, Mr. Holland's Did he Opus, do Iron Giant? No wonder I love my fucking score of that movie. Mm-hmm. And I this totally one forgot is, about that. This one is just as good. Yeah, it's got a, a very hummable theme. And in fact, there's a little music cue that... Um, I don't know what movie studio it is. There's a movie studio... That uses the you know how at the beginning you know you have the 20th Century Fox you've got that uh-huh. Universal you have there's a there's a musical cue from this score that is used as some I think it's like Studio Canal maybe really that that uses a huh. yeah wow if, if you I got I gotta find it I'll put yeah, it on the Facebook page please please do after you listen to this episode folks go to the Facebook page I'll find a that's a, awesome and you'll recognize it I had it no idea yeah. you uh, didn't, I'm surprised I, you didn't no I didn't know that huh, but, didn't pick up on uh, that huh <laughs> I guess you're not much of a fan of interesting, interesting if you didn't know this <laughs> how are we supposed to trust your expertise moving forward are you the alien from Galaxy Quest <laughs> I guess I am mm. <laughs> we're supposed to uh, alright <laughs> So Highlander, this mm. is the. Uh, what's funny about this movie is that it it has both created a cool like pop culture icon, but it has also created the worst sense of people misunderstanding the fucking term and what it means. Like, what are you talking about? When people like okay, so when nerds get together in convention settings and stuff, and a, a Highlander reference comes out, like people will be like, "No, I'm immortal. You got to cut off my head because I'm a Highlander." No, and it's like, no asshole. Uh, <laughs> He's called the Highlander because that's where he's fucking from. Right. Highlanders aren't the classification of immortals. Like, uh, Sean Connery's character in this movie is not a Highlander. Definitely not a Highlander. Who knows what the fuck he is in this film? Jesus Christ. The, 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 what's his name? Yancey. uh, Oh, who are you talking about? The guy who was the guard in uh, Shawshank Redemption who plays the bad guy, the Kurgan. David Clancy? 
No, hold on. I got it. I'll look it up. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Clancy Brown. There you go. He is an, a Highlander. Connor McLeod is a Highlander mm-hmm. because he's from the Highlands of Scotland. Just a little bit of an education for you guys. There you go. Do not refer to the immortals collectively in the Highlander universe as Highlanders. The more you know. Bing, bing. <laughs> and then there's like David Schwimmer. Hey. <laughs> you know. Talk to your kids. When, uh, when someone touches you after you say no, uh... There you go. <laughs> um, although I, I can understand why people would be confused. I was kind of confused until I saw this film uh, as to why he was called that. Because I was not introduced to this property through the movies, but rather the TV show. You remember oh, with that Duncan show? Duncan McLeod. Duncan, was that what his name was? Yeah, with yeah. Adrian Paul. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually really liked that show. It was a good sci-fi show. It was a show. fun show. It was a nice show, and, and uh, each episode was kind of a, a, a... It was a Monster of the Week kind of show. It until, absolutely was. Just like every good sci-fi show that lasts has a little, some legs, it starts off as a Monster of the Week kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then it starts to really create its like overall B-plots yep. and you know the through lines. That's good writing. That's yeah. good show writing. Uh, the pilot episode of that Highlander show had Connor in it. Like, Connor shows up. Really? And the big enemy. Like, Christopher Lambert was in it? Yes. Interesting. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he would have had so much more to do. <laughs> uh, we're going to get into that. I'm surprised as, he didn't uh, As much as I love this movie, cast. we got some fucking problems uh-huh. to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, no, in the, the, the pilot episode of Highlander... Uh, Connor McLeod shows up and it's like they're old friends that he like he was the Ramirez to Duncan McLeod where he trained him and showed him what he had to do. Uh, was he also dressed like a peacock? Nope. He sure wasn't. <laughs> or like a pimp? Like no. a, a 70s pimp? <laughs> like Sean Connery was in this film? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, no, he was. He was just, you know, he. you know what? Actually, now that you say that, I think he did kind of have like a pompadour hat or whatever and oh, like a feather sticking out. The student has become the master. And he trained him just in time to defeat Slan, the Immortal played by um, by by Bull from Night Court. What? I shit you not. <laughs> Bull from Night Court. Martin Mull. was Okay, no. He didn't have a pompadour. This is what Connor McCloud looked like in the yes, pilot. Yeah. He had like Basically, some weird old western hat. Nothing like the movie. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not. But, you know, it, it's funny. The, the Highlander TV show did have some amazing production values. Oh, yeah. Much more than this first movie anyway. Now, I, re- I never saw any of the sequels. Did you? Yeah. Have you seen them I've, all? I've seen all of the sequels. Caught them all. Here's the... <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta catch them gotta all. Gotta watch them all. Yes. Um, here's the thing about Highlander mm-hmm. and the sequels. Uh-oh. Every sequel is kind of a sequel to the first movie, and you just kind of pick <laughs> your path. You pick what you want it oh, to be. Oh, interesting. Really? Yeah. Uh, which, so, which one is the one you would choose? I would probably choose... I choose you. Uh, I would probably choose Highlander 3. Oh, the one with Mario Van Peebles. So they did this because I guess two didn't go the direction that the studio wanted it okay. to go, or all right, or so, Sean Connery. I mean, we're uh, okay. So Highlander Two mm-hmm. takes place in the distant future. Oh, interesting. Not the, not the not too distant future. The way too distant future. <laughs> okay. Where in the way too distant future, future, where Connor McCloud is like an industrialist, and the ozone has completely burned like through, uh. Uh, and so he's part of this crew that creates a shield. To keep the the planet shielded from the sun, sure, kind of puts us in like this dark age or whatever. Obviously, interesting. Uh, and I think that's their their explanation, so that way this whole movie could be filmed in a soundstage, shot at night. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's an old man because at the end of Highlander one, he attains his mortality. Oh, is that he, what happens? He, he gets it. Yeah, he he. You basically win your mortality. Oh, uh, but you have like <laughs> special powers. Wow, which. 
we'll get into that. Yes. But I in the questions. sequel, in the we're like totally jumping ahead talking about the sequels anyway, but in the sequel in Highlander 2 The Quickening, mm-hmm. um it's the future and everything's great. He's about to live his life or whatever and Michael Madsen, not Michael Madsen, uh Michael Ironside oh. <laughs> plays this bad guy. Big difference. Well, they're kind of interchangeable. Yeah. They he plays this bad guy. We find out that all of the immortals were actually part of a warring alien race. Oh, interesting. That, that came to Earth and are immortal here. They're mortal on their home planet. It's okay. almost like a it's Superman. Like Superman, thing. right? Yeah. But when they come here, they're immortal. Hmm. And that's what like they kind of assimilate into society. Even though Connor has no knowledge of this in the first movie. Yeah. But like they show footage of them having battles and wars on this other planet and then like ha- taking escape pods to the earth or whatever where Connor and Ramirez were generals on the same army or whatever. Wait, how is Ramirez back? <laughs> because this takes place like it flashes back to the alien race. It flashes back to this alien thing. But they didn't know each other before then, did they? <laughs> According to this movie, they did. What the on hell? On the alien planet. This is frustrating. They knew each other, but then when they came to Earth... He just forget? They just forgot. Wait a uh, minute, but he says he was born in 1513 <laughs> exactly. in this film. I know. <laughs> That's the problem with this All movie. Right. I see why is they... Is that it, it takes what was built in the first movie and just kind of shits on it and is like, Mm-mm, Which no. is interesting because that's the only other film of, of the, what were there, four films of the franchise uh-huh. that was directed by the same director. Russell Mulcahy. So I would have thought that of the he would have tried many to sequels, true to the this roots. is the one that, w- that was the real sequel. I don't think he had any say in this. So I skip think that, that one there was then, huh? something. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because just to give you a little bit more uh, of a story, I'm summarizing the sequels more than <laughs> I'm summarizing not, the movie. It's all right. We'll talk about the whole franchise. So like the... Um, what happens is the other aliens, like more aliens come to Earth. It's almost like a Supergirl, Superman thing, like relativity. Okay. Like to them, it's only been a few days, hmm. but it's been hundreds of years here on Earth. Oh, interesting. And so they land and somehow old Connor McCloud is able to kill one of them, take his head off, and he gets the quickening again. Is and it becomes, Matthew McConaughey? He beca- yes. <laughs> He's like, hey, Murph. Hey, Murph, I'm back. Uh and so he gets the quickening and becomes young Connor McCloud again uh. and defeats this, like, you know, a small band of bad guys. Uh, and because he's attained this quickening, in the moment of, in, in like, <laughs> in the moment of climax, <laughs> he screams Ramirez's name. <laughs> and suddenly Ramirez is resurrected from no. the dead. No. Yeah, uh, spoiler alert. Uh. Uh, Ramirez is resurrected from the dead and they go on an adventure to stop this evil corporation that has taken over the whole, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. project because... It's healed. The earth has healed. The ozone layer has healed up. So while they're trying to fix this, uh, they're fighting against Michael Ironside, who okay. wants to take Ramirez and Connor. Of course. And Ramirez dies again to save. Oh Connor, no! <laughs> to save Connor and Virginia Madsen. Does he have a Virginia Madsen? Yes. Does he have a bigger role in this one at least? Connery, Sean Connery. Uh, uh, yeah, kind of. Okay. Because he has like ten minutes in this film. He's resurrected in the middle of like a performance on the Globe Theater. <laughs> It's so dumb. It's so d- and so. Then I, th- I kind of want to see this now. The third one is Mario Van Peebles, and you find out like Connor had trained with this, you know, old samurai master, which is nice. It's nice to see that like Connor had other training. Well, Mario Van Peebles and his little band of immortals tried to take them out, and Connor buried them in you know. It, it was so like Christopher Lambert is caving. back in part three. So he's ba- part three takes place maybe. Two years after Highlander 1. After the first one. Okay. Yes. Interesting. And so Mario Van Peebles and his buddies end up getting out of this cave-in after Christopher Lambert thought this whole thing was over. Hmm. 
And so then they battle. There's this whole battle for all that bullshit. <laughs> uh, but it's probably the best sequel because it has a good story. It does kind of what this movie does where oh. it, it's got compelling uh, content both in the past and the present. And then you've got and, the, and the, the charisma of Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> yes. Who can deny? <laughs> and then the fourth one is basically the crossover of Connor McCloud and Duncan McCloud up against this big evil and... Connor basically makes Duncan kill him to get enough power to defeat mm, this bad sacrifices guy. Sacrifices himself. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So I didn't realize that the guy from the TV show was ever in any of the movies. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And then I think they did a whole other movie of just him. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so there you go. Straight to DVD. That's, well, there you go. There's the whole the, Highlander. The, we talked about every of the every film. The Highlander oof. We haven't talked about the Highlander animated series. There's an animated there series? There was an animated series. Dude, it's all about decapitation. How do you make an animated, unless it's like Japanimation. They never, no. It was anime. It's, a, it's American animated, but they the People get upset when you call it Japanimation. No, but that's what we called it back in the eighties. That yeah, was what absolutely. you called it when yeah. Akira became when it came out. Akira, and everyone was like Jap anime, Jap animation, Jap animation. <laughs> it sounds worse when you pronounce it that way. <laughs> Jap, please don't do that again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but let's talk about this one. Nineteen eighty six is clearly to me, maybe not production wise, the best of the movies, but content story. This is the strongest of the four films that I've seen. I'll give you uh, that. And, Having uh, not seen going only by the description <laughs> Joe, you just I'll gave give me. Joe, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll allow that. <laughs> uh, and so this is the story about, uh, you know, Connor McCloud, played by Christopher Lambert. Mm -hmm. Or is it Lambert? Lambert. He is not a puppet. <laughs> Voiced by an old redheaded woman. <laughs> what? Remember Lambert? It's Lamb Chop. Oh. <laughs> No, there was there's there's no. some old Lambert cartoon. the sheepish lion. Lambert, yeah, the sheepish oh, lion. Lambert, uh, <laughs> he's always trying to get those silly sheep. Is that what it is? Lambert the sheepish lion. There you go. Wow, <laughs> just amnesia right. fucking lame. I, I was thinking lamb chop. <laughs> uh, so he plays Connor McCloud from the Clan McCloud. Mm -hmm. uh, he he is defeated in battle in like 1536 or something. Yeah. I mean, they clearly say it <laughs> to give you some reference, but it works. But they clearly say it as they're marching into battle. They like have this cleric who's in holding the a year. cross. It's like, in this, the year of our Lord, 1536, we attain victory for the clan MacLeod. <laughs> um, and he, his first battle and he gets defeated. Uh, by this guy who's wearing a big skull yep. on his head. Not his fault, though. He goes into war and, and nobody will touch him. Everyone's backing away. No They're one will fight else. me. Yeah. <laughs> they all run away. He, he does that a lot in this film. He narrates a lot of what's <laughs> going on. What you, it's a visual medium, Chris. <laughs> Especially at the end uh -huh. when, uh, when he's he's going through the quickening. Yeah. Not I feel quickening. everything. Yes. I know everything. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Appreciate that. Do you know, this is the first film. He, he did not speak English. He, he learned English shortly before filming this. I am not surprised not at all. Not at all. This. Nope. It sounds like it. Uh, he's... Um, but he did do his own French translation, apparently, for oh, the French oh, well, version. Well, then that's good. Of so so he's, he's a Frenchman. Playing a Scottish Highlander. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we've got Sean Connery, mm -hmm. a Scotsman, <laughs> playing an Egyptian yeah. Dressed by like way a of Spaniard. Spain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. I guess I'm, I'm willing to go on he's this He's got ride. that fake tanner on, so that's all I need. <laughs> His eyelashes. Like he's got <laughs> yes. like eyeliner on. Uh, I will say that this is probably besides Henry Jones Sr. Mm -hmm. uh, the The best roles that Connery played... In like from the eighties on. Okay, yeah. So yeah. you're excluding. I'm excluding the James, Bond. James Bond. I'm excluding his James Bond. 
you know, I know he did some movie with Matthew Broderick in the 80s called like Family Business mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where they play a bunch of thieves. But what about uh, League of Gentlemen? No, not a, League not of a Extraordinary fan. Gentlemen. That's the one. No. <laughs> where he plays Alan Quartermain. What about uh, the, uh, the 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 what? the Last Dragon? Is that what it's called? <laughs> what? The Last Dragon? Yeah. I with, am the last with one. Make- oh, Dragonheart. Dragonheart. There you go. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> there can be only one. <laughs> Bannon, I am. What about The Rock? Oh shit! Yes, the, dude. Where do rock. you put the Where do you put the Rock on Sean Connery's? Uh, oof. Um, How do you rank it among the Connery performances? Uh, performances or films overall? Because well, I, I like that film. It's a fun romp. Uh huh. But uh, he's 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 John over the top Mason. for it. My bit. name is John Mason. He's okay. Yeah, I I still like him in the. In you the must never Jones. hesitate. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, Henry Jones Senior is my favorite Connery role. Yeah, the best. Agreed. Um. So he, yeah, he plays this character named Ramirez. So actually, actually no, it is a Juan, Juan Sanchez, Sanchez Villalobos, Villalobos Ramirez. Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Why he has five names? Chief metallurgist of King James II. There you go. And am I at? I am at your service. That's pretty good. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I read somewhere that like uh, he he worked with a a voice <laughs> trainer, dialect coach. Yes, to to quote unquote perfect his Spanish uh, dialect. And I'm like, really? Was he doing an accent? I think in this? the only time you get even part of an accent from Connery in this movie is where he calls Connor um, Connor McCloud. It's gonna be tough Pen- saying Connery and then Connor <laughs> Pendejo when he says Pendejo. <laughs> now Pendejo. <laughs> All right, good try. A for effort. Uh, also, the the, uh, the I, I just learned this because it's a fun little bit of trivia. But uh, the, the film opens with a bit of VO dialogue. Yes, as he reads the prologue, uh, recorded in a, a bathroom. In his bathroom, in his home. Is that why there's the sound of dripping water? And there's an echo in the background. And, uh, that is not <laughs> done in post. We traveled down through the centuries, Whoop. struggling to Whoop. reach the time of the gathering, Whoop. when those who remain Whoop. shall battle to the last. Ah, nicely done. No one has ever known we were among you. Junior. Until now. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, how about that? Born to be kings. So, when, dude, there is, for the longest time, there was no fucking queen song that got me more pumped than Princes of the Universe. That's a great one. Holy How many songs did shit. they write for this film? They wrote, okay, one, so the Princes credits, of the Universe, mm-hmm. One Year of Love, Who Wants to Live Forever, which yes. I used in a stage show. <laughs> um don't lose your head, and then something about magic. It's it's, it's a kind, of, kind magic. of magic. Yeah, yeah, dude. There was a, an entire album. Queen's "It's a Kind of Magic" album mm-hmm. is basically the soundtrack to Highlander. That's right, because they never released a soundtrack apparently nope. officially. No, they never. Not until like years and years later, and the soundtrack that they did release, the official soundtrack they released, was a. Uh, it was basically a compilation of Michael Kamen's score mm-hmm. from Highlander one, two, and three. I guess they used some Michael Kamen cues for three. Uh, Probably. But, Fucking amazing. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Was this post Freddie Mercury or was he still with us at the time? I think Freddie Mercury was still with us at the time. Interesting. But not for long. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a Freddie Mercury Mercury inspired queen. Mm-hmm. But dude. Hold not bad though. I don't know, man. There's yeah? Who Wants to Live Forever? That, that's my favorite. That's a fucking Freddie Mercury song to yeah. be sure. It's got a good soundtrack. Uh, a Kind of Magic. That's definitely Freddie Mercury. B plus. Uh, B plus. (laughs) I see, and that's we go. If you go back and listen to our Flash Gordon soundtrack, uh, Flash Gordon podcast, we bring up which is a better soundtrack, this or Flash Gordon. I still sit on the side of Highlander. I Do think, you really? I think Queen did a better soundtrack for Highlander oh, than they know. did for Flash Gordon. I love that Flash Gordon theme. Yeah? Every time you hear those... Dun, 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 so seriously, okay, dun, 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 this is something... Flash. You know what? I'm going to do this. I think we should uh, do a poll on the hey, Facebook page. That's a great idea. Where which, which Queen theme do you think was better? Highlander's Princes of the Universe or Flash Gordon's Flash? 
Nice. So, yeah. You're on Highlander. I'm on Flash. So I, yeah. Already we're in a dead heat. Whoa. Go to the Facebook page and vote, folks. Yeah, because we'll be they, they each have one vote right now. No, one of us. Who has to do this after? There can be only one. This is, <laughs> this is going to be like Bill and Ted, where it's like, okay, remind me after this podcast <laughs> there to are, put the key there, under the trash There can. are so many. Dude, I go back. Every once in a while, I'll go back and listen to some podcasts, and I'm like, man, there's a point where I'll say, like, hey, when we're done, I'm going to show you this. Or when we're done, I'm going to And I fucking never do. You know, if we had a, if we had a producer that was worth with his weight, we would. Uh, well, I mean, he is. He just lost a lot of fucking weight. <laughs> That's the problem. That's it true. is the problem. He lost so much weight, he's no longer here with us. We love you, Jeff. He's disappeared. He's vanished. I fucking miss Jeff so much. I do too. Um, all right, so Highlander. Cut that out, Jeff. Let's Cut talk about Highlander. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Connor is defeated in battle and he never, he doesn't die. He revives. And his village of Glenfinnan. Uh, these people drive them away. I love they their suspect. Whiskey. They suspect witchcraft. It's my favorite. You <laughs> get get the, get the sixteen year, not the twelve year. <laughs> Connor's got that very rare five hundred year. <laughs> also, uh, my favorite David Mamet film. <laughs> yes, American Buffalo. No, <laughs> <laughs> Glenfin and Glenn Ross. Ross, there you go. <laughs> always be highlandering. Uh, always be quickening. Always be quickening. A-B-Q. God damn it, that was so good, man. Cut that part out, Chef. That's so good. Always be quickening. <laughs> ABQ. ABQ. Fuck, I want a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, all right, so they, he gets he gets thrown out of his village. They mm. suspect him of witchcraft. and The woman does, too. Dude, is fucking... In a turn of irony. Yes. she uh, She's like, burn him! Yeah. <laughs> and luckily, uh, General Mormont from Game of Thrones... <laughs> is that who that is? Is there, yeah, he plays Angus. Um, he, he stops. He's like, that's your cousin. Stop it. Uh, and he lets Connor go. He shows him mercy and lets him go. Mm. Um, so then Connor starts this life with another woman, and while he's enjoying his new peaceful life, that's when Connery shows up mm-hmm. and is like, Yeah, you are part of this thing. You've I've got been power. looking for you. Meanwhile, while this is going on, there's a whole other story happening in the present. Yes. Where Christopher Lambert plays a guy named Nash who fought a guy in a park in the the uh, oh God, what's it's, it? It's Madison a, Square Garden parking yeah, lot. That's right. After a re- wrestling, wrestling match, match apparently. Where the, the fabulous Freebirds are <laughs> are featured in this movie. Uh, I, you know what? I didn't even know that they were real wrestlers, but somehow I could tell they were actual wrestlers <laughs> yes. by their swagger. and Jack Swagger. And, uh, who's a, a wrestler. With lack WWE. of comfortableness in yeah. front of the camera. <laughs> yes. At, at that close proximity. Um, but dude... Um, I want to talk a little bit about the the cinematography here, the camera work, because that scene or that shot that opens up inside the wrestling ring, yeah, and it's like fucking impressive. It's like you're flying. It's like you're the eye of God, uh-huh. and it's doing all these crazy fast moves. Um, really impressive. Apparently, the guy who invented the Steadicam came up with this like four wire system to allow the camera to fly that quickly around really around the ring. Yeah, unfortunately, was- the guy who invented the Steadicam did not provide. Any kind of steady cam equipment for anyone in this movie. <laughs> Listen, because I, there's a whole bunch of pans that are like. <laughs> you can see. Yeah, but you know what? You go back and watch a lot of that 80s stuff, and they're. Well, the, the problem is they're moving the camera so quickly. And I actually really admire the way this is shot. These using. They use a lot of uh, kind of Terry Gilliam wide angle lenses. Yes, yes, um, they do. That are moving so quickly, either pushing in very quickly, or like you said, dollying back and forth very quickly. There's no way you can't keep that thing from, from shaking. And. You got to choose the best tape, sure. not I'm, just technical. I'm glad you brought up Terry Gilliam mm-hmm. because there are a lot of shots in this movie where we'll start on something that's going on in like the distance, and then we'll pan back, and there's someone in the foreground, but they manage to keep the foreground in and focus. the background both in focus at yeah. the same time. That's the benefit of those wide-angle lenses. God, they have that's a very and, and it's cool. Deep depth of field. Yeah, it it sets. 
a really nice tone where like both are the focus. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say right now, th- this film is beautifully shot. It I is, think it is. Apparently, they did like a 4K remaster that that I wasn't watching, but I'd love to see now. Yeah. Be- uh, a lot of, like we said, a lot of these um, just whipping um, camera movements uh-huh. and long pans and long, long dolly tracking shots. What about some of the wipes? Yeah, th- this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Very intentional. And it happens at the very beginning, right after he kills the first guy. And it fa- it pans up from the parking garage. Yep. And then it con- the move continues into the countryside over the hill. Of Scotland, like 500 years previous. Very well done. And there are like, there's a dozen times in this film when it does that. And it's a great way to go back and forth between. I think this movie does a good job of, of pacing itself. Uh-huh. I don't know what the undirector's cut looks like. Uh, the it's, director's it's actually still it's still paced very well and it looks yeah. very much like this the there are a few things that are kind of taken out of it and there are things that don't really affect the story like like I said you know the director's cut uh, oh I said this off the mic the director's cut starts off and he's in the wrestling match and that's kind of how the, that's how the movie starts mm-hmm. he's in the wrestling match and he's just watching it and there's a few like little like he's just kind of looking around and you could sense he senses something he gets up and leaves but in this they spend a good like minute and a half two minutes where he's watching the wrestling match and he's having little flashes back to battles in Scotland yeah uh, I, I was watching that with my dad I'm like I don't this isn't part of the original. Why would they of, take that out? Uh, just for time, dude. Back for in the time, 80s, it's you only never, like you 20 have, seconds, and it adds know, so a much. Movie, a movie like this, yeah. a B movie, a B action movie back in the day, right? you weren't going to get a two-hour-plus movie like this well, in the true, theaters. Still, it, you had to stick to that 90-minute running time. But in the first five minutes of the film, when you're trying to set up the plot, and it, it adds a bit of intrigue, because I kind of went into this cold. Like I, I, I knew it was about immortals. I didn't quite know the rules. Uh-huh. I didn't know they were fucking aliens. <laughs> well, I'm they gonna, weren't. Yeah, let's let's just pretend that didn't reject happen. Reject that from canon. Speaking of canon, uh, this was a canon film. Did you notice that? I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, right up front. Holy shit. There you go. Uh, yeah. Defunct canon film. There's <laughs> a cool uh, documentary on Thank Netflix, you, Masters by the way. of the Universe. <laughs> and American Ninja. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and Coming out on Blu-ray in two weeks. Oh, that's right. The whole collection, Fucking right? Fucking A, man. Looking excited. Uh-huh. What was I saying before that? You were talking about the, uh, the how, how big my dick was. No, no, um, that definitely was not it. It was a cannon. Yeah. Uh, it was a not Nick cannon. cannon. Aliens. Uh, oh, before they were aliens. So I went into this cold kind of not knowing uh, too much about the story because I hadn't seen it in a while. I just knew what was in the TV show, but I, I wanted to... To, I wanted to experience it as a person like a just virgin. walking into the theater. Just like the very first time. Touch for the very first time. And um, <laughs> it's it's nice the way they do that. They're, it's, they're, we talked about... What film did we talk about? Maybe we were talking about Batman versus Superman. Uh-huh. Or I, I was talking to my boss about that, where there's just scenes. Like, nothing is constructed. There's Nothing's no connected. Like, nothing is connected. One scene with Batman, and then we're going to cut to another one with Superman. They don't really lead into each other. Sure. There's not... This is really told in chapters. Mm-hmm. And so we get one chapter in the present. Yes. And it has a nice little beginning and end, and, and it kind of leaves you at a cliffhanger. And then we go into 1500 Scotland. Yeah. And you have a little chapter there, and then you're left at the end of a story. Nice back and forth. Yes, it's sir. It's very seamlessly done, and uh-huh. really impressive for him. I don't know, first time director? How about that? Yeah, this I think this was his yeah. first. Other than that, he had filmed Arena with Duran Duran, <laughs> uh, which was just a collection of their videos. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, just kind of to piggyback on this point and just give one more example, mm-hmm. there's a dissolve of Connor McLeod <gasps> after he's been driven away from his village. Yeah. And it's a, a shot on his face. 
and he's just sitting there looking up at the night sky or whatever. And then, and then it dissolves into like this picture of Mona Lisa painted Mona Lisa. on the side of a building in New York City. Isn't that cool? And it's almost seamless. Like yeah. it's gorgeous the you way find, that it happens. The way it draws your eye because you're looking in the le- upper left-hand corner and then the next thing you know, oh, we're, we're in New York and yeah. here he is walking towards me. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I get off on that stuff, man. Uh-huh. Because it shows such... So, uh, such intention, uh-huh. such uh, planning, forethought. Yes, uh, it, it's it's nice to watch a movie that's like it has that kind of deliberate feel when mm-hmm. someone's telling a story and they're telling it in a very deliberate way. Uh, it's someone who's obviously very intimate with the script and like, yeah. okay, this is how I want to tell the story. Now, however, <laughs> I, I do take issue with uh, the the beginning there, the scene where we go from uh, from the wrestling match. Well, first of all, everybody is cheering around him, you know, raucous. It's you know, it's a wrestling match. Uh-huh. There's this dude in his mid thirties, white guy. <laughs> Trench coat, uh-huh. f- motionless, yes. uh, f- uh, um, emotionless, yeah. uh, sitting down. Charisma-free almost. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Having non-flashbacks, what it would look like to anybody else. Uh-huh. And then who just in the middle of the, 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 um, the uh, match. They call them matches? <laughs> yeah, they're matches. Match. Bouts. Gets up, gets up and leaves. It's like, that guy's up to no good. Security should have taken that motherfucker down. And what they do? Eventually. Do they? Really? Yeah. After he fucking demolishes so many vehicles in the parking lot. <laughs> and decapitates, and decapitates a, a man. Decapitates own, the, the it, flying Barnum and Bailey uh, <laughs> Dude, okay. Cirque du Soleil. So that's also not in the original cut I where he's backflipping for three minutes. Usually I'm not an advocate for removing things and, and I, the director's cut I prefer generally. Um, I, I hear speaking of Batman versus Superman. Generally? The, the general. <laughs> Hold on, boys. <laughs> I generally it was about this time that they thought Connor McLeod was done for. <laughs> it looks like Connor and Ramirez got themselves in a bit of trouble. <laughs> I would love this That's movie. That's great. Smash up. <laughs> Uh, boss hog. There can be only one. <laughs> that can be only one, boys. <laughs> Smoking his cigars. Uh, uh, but yes, usually uh, director's cut. I'm all about. Uh, but this one does include those scenes of you know w- w- when we see that actor. What, what was his name? Faison. Facile. Facile. Yeah. Facile. Love. He. Um, when we see him, he's kind of like a schlubby white guy in his <laughs> mid forties. Yes. And then they cut to what is clearly a body double <laughs> yeah. doing these fantastic acrobatics. It's, not even, it's just one a, a backflip. Like he's just continually forever. backflipping forever, it's improving his in game. Water in a parking garage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there, and there's a really long shot. And Connor's just, hiding from him. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, why don't you just fucking run out there? This is not a good strategy for you, <laughs> and it does not work out well because he's the first of many victims. Yeah. To befall. Yes, he is. Oh my gosh! There's that one bit where Connor's chasing after. Him, and the dude goes over the side of a car and he runs away and there's a shot of his sunglasses yeah. and we see the guy like running away from them. That's great. Again, there's like some great deliberate shots, some great angles that they've chosen for this, but I agree yeah, the, the backflip, <laughs> that first fight. Ridiculous. Not only is that ridiculous, but he fucking, like Connor hides the murder weapon yeah. in like Good job. the easiest place. Well, good job. He ends up, it ends up being the smartest place he could have put it That's because true. he ends up fooling the entire New York police department. Cops are are unable to look up yes. two feet because he just like shoves it up against a it's like on a light it's above a light it's yeah. in a light yeah. it just puts it on a, like a hanging light and he's like later. oh this will be smart and <laughs> and, and then you find out like how old and valuable like this sword yeah. is it's given to him by Connery later on in the movie in fact I have a replica of it in that closet what right 
ads. Yeah. Yes. Should we put that on the Facebook page too? We we're already having to do a lot of things. We're having to add <laughs> a poll gonna, to the Facebook page. We're not going to poll. And so that's uh, that leads us into this. Like the police are on the trail of this Nash guy who they suspect from like murdering three or four different people. Mm-hmm. A lot of and beheadings going on. Rightfully learn. so, because they end up catching him speeding his way mm-hmm. out of the fucking parking garage. Like a um, and like. He gets away. <laughs> no, that, no, he doesn't. He gets he, he gets arrested. No, he gets arrested. But then they bring him in. They start <laughs> interrogating him. A fucking beat cop takes a swing at him I in a that. fucking interrogation room. Yeah, this is. I have to admit, like this is the first movie I've ever picked that says the derogatory term for gay people. Oh, that's right. That you tend to love. Don't in your movies. stop saying that. <laughs> but they say it. Yeah, and uh, it made me cringe. I was like, oh shit. Well, it's the eighties. I totally time. forgot about that. But he's but he's the. It's the Polonius effect. Like, yes. The, it's yes. the dumb character. I loved character him on the saxophone. Who's <laughs> he's so good. Great jazz musician. It's always the dumb... Polonius Monk. Pol- Polonius. That's right. <laughs> it's always the dumb character who uh, who says the, the defaming... Yeah, you have to put word. it in the, the idiot's mouth. Exactly. <laughs> um, put it in your mouth. But, but still, um, yeah, they've caught him at the scene of the crime. Uh, he's speeding away from the crime scene. If if this was an episode of Carmen, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah. They would have had all of it. I'll take. They'd have won. Whoever right. they would have won this game show. I just fuck it. That's a deep cut reference. No, right I totally got it. Where in the world? The warrant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rest in peace. Uh, but yes. yeah, but, rest in peace, warrant. So he's being he's being interrogated singer, by the cops. Janie Lane, <laughs> Cherry Pie. He's dead. He, He's he's being I can't continue. He's he's uh, he's being detained by the cops, and then uh-huh. finally just asks in his in his broken English, uh, "Am I am I under arrest? Am I under arrest?" And, and they say no. He's like, "Well, then I'm leaving." But really, no. Like they they have enough we, probable we, cause. We get, we get I think. to hold you for at least twenty four hours. Here's, exactly. That's my thing. Like we get to hold you for at least twenty four hours. That's the that's the law. They're gonna let their one suspect walk away, uh-huh. who they can't ID. Here's. My problem with okay. with it, and it's just maybe from watching too much Law and Order or Blue Bloods, is that you've got this bit where fucking the 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 detective, the lead detective on this case, yep. is like, so you want to hear a theory? Here's what I think. I think you went down there to meet him to negotiate for this sword. Yeah. You didn't like the price, so you cut off his head. <laughs> it's quite a leap of what? <laughs> logic. What 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 I want to know is. Why isn't the whole like twenty-eight exploded cars <laughs> like part of yeah, like how did suspect. that happen? Yeah, can we talk about how that it's got fucking no happened? explanation for that? What I did like mm-hmm. just kind of to go off of this, um, and that leads me into this bit uh, that I like how in this movie they properly build. And I talk about this on the podcast a lot about building the world. Building the world, mm-hmm. building the characters, and you could do that through dialogue. You do that through you know many things. One of the things that's character building is like the back and forth, like the just the the ancillary dialogue mm-hmm. that detectives are having with each other and stuff like that. Where you know you've got one detective and who's like, "Hey, what do you think the cause of death was?" You know, and then you've got another person who's, uh, you know, hey, "Hey, make sure you cover up that head." You know, while yep. while the guy's walking over to check out something, you've got the character of Brenda, who's you know, I guess she's uh, you know a forensics officer or forensics yep. expert. And so she calls the detective over and he's like, he trips and he spills coffee on himself. It's not anything that like, 
we really build up to later in the movie, mm-hmm. but it's just something that kind of builds the characters. It makes it kind of real worldy. Yeah. In fact, there's one point where she goes into the police department and she's going to talk to him. She's like, "Oh, hey, I got the forensics on this other case, and it seems like the the hairs the hairs match up." And he's like, "Fantastic, we got him." Has nothing to do yeah. with the case that they're working on. Right. Just giving but some it, context. Yeah, it gives you context. It builds that world because so many times when you watch a movie like this, where there's some kind of investigation going on, yeah. like they. It, it's displayed as if that's the only case like these people CSI. are working on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, you've got a backlog. You've got plenty of things that you're working on. Yeah. It was nice that they built that. There's there's thought that went into that. There's care in that fact, went into that. so much realism uh, in this film that they've uh, went ahead and cast a uh, slightly unattractive woman as the lead. <laughs> oh, my God. With uh, Including curly 80s hair yeah. and uh, bad mom Both jeans. Both on her head and... Down below. A little oh, bit. do we see that? You see a little bit of it. Interesting. Yeah, I wasn't freeze framing in it. the in the weird sex scene. That, that is kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like just like in Highlander two. There doesn't. Oh, really? Connor's, Sean Connery and uh, Connor's line. Connor, go for it. No, it's Connor and Virginia Madsen. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Some people who don't know me are going to sit there and think, "Did he really think Joel was honest and like serious about that? <laughs> is he that fucking?" Nah. Uh, Listen to more episodes. Yeah, exactly. You get it. So, no, uh, Connor's Connor's line, the thing that really makes the panties drop is when he looks at women and goes, my name is Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Yeah. I was born 500 years ago mm-hmm. in the highlands of Scotland. Panty dropper. And I cannot die. Boom. Yep. Sex scene. That's like, it. Immediately follows. Happened in this movie and in the, the oh, second yeah? one with Virginia Madsen. Oh, interesting. Where he fucks her in a dirty alley. Yeah. No, really? fucks her oh. in a dirty alley. Virginia, you're better than that. I know, right? Sideways. <laughs> <laughs> that was her. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was, was her. Yeah, very good. Oh, same curly hair, by the way. <laughs> you are the fucking antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't uh, seen enough of him lately. Of uh, Paul Giamatti? Paul Giamatti. He did seem like he was around a lot for a while. Yeah. No, Spider-Man, no, no, I think, was no. the last Spiderman. we saw him win. I'm the rhino. <laughs> uh, all right. So, no, that was... I, I love that that, that world building. Uh, so, yeah, there's this there's this whole murder investigation. Brenda's on the trail of Nash, even though, like, he makes himself totally fucking suspicious when he goes to a bar that she's at. Yeah. She follows him, and that's when, like, the Kurgan attacks him mm-hmm. and her and... Uh, you know, there's this just this adventure. It starts to build and build and build because, as they say in the movie, they keep saying, like, you know, the the time of the gathering is upon us. We, okay. The few who remain, the few immortals who remain are becoming, you know, they, they are trying to catch each other or, uh, or, or track each other down. Yeah. They're becoming more and more so, uh, attracted or whatever. Those forces of nature are bringing them together. And we learn this through Sean Connery's character, Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, uh, in the in the flashback. <laughs> Where he's introduced, where he's he's tracked down uh, uh, McCloud. 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 Um, but all he ever tells him is, "You're mortal," right? He 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 drowns him basically, pushes him into the water. People will hate you for what you are. That's right. Um, and then tells him, uh, "Yeah, there, there's there are many like us, and uh, there's this thing called the quickening, and we're all, there can be only one, and we're all and what, what do they call it? Not the end times. The is the end or whatever, right? There. The end is near. They keep talking about that. Later on when yeah. he meets up with yeah, the yeah, other yeah. immortal. The time is upon the us. The time is it? upon us, right. Yeah. Um, but we never learn how Sean Connery, how was this information passed down to him? Right. And maybe it's well, in the sequels, and that's and fine, I th- but I feel I like... I think you just kind of assume that someone taught him. Okay. And, and But how? How do people know? Where does this prophecy this is, come from, This Joe? is a lot of stuff that you end up learning in the TV show, because it's stuff that wasn't addressed in this movie. But I need a little something. I man. know, and that's one of the problems Speaking with the writing of, of world this movie. Building. In, in and they kind of play it off a little bit 
with the infamous line and the title of a Queen song, it's a kind of magic. It's a kind of magic. And that's, yeah. I mean, seriously, that's kind of how they try to explain it away, yeah. that it's a, it's a kind of magic. And honestly, if you're willing to sit on board for a movie where like people in modern times or modern by way of the 80s mm-hmm. are fighting each other with swords, they're sword fighting with each other <laughs> yeah. uh, to cut each other's heads off and get their power. And going through this whole story in medieval times of how like, you know, this guy wasn't able to die and... I'm kind of okay. Like I kind of just follow along. I'm like, all right, it's like mutants. That's true. You know, it's like X Men. Uh, they yeah, just kind of have like Wolverine. Yeah. Um, that's not so much what I have a problem with. With okay. like, how did they learn this? It's building, and here we go. Like this is probably a term that we haven't used in a year. Uh, building this science, the science of the immortals. Um, you know, obviously, from what I understand and from what I just gathered from this movie is. You're basically mortal. You're who you are. You've got that genetic key, mm-hmm. and the moment you die, like that's where you're stuck, almost like a vampire. Right. You're stuck at that age. Um, why can't you have kids? Yeah, I, I don't know. And apparently, in the original script, the original story, it was it, that was not the case. Yeah, the original or the first draft or whatever, he had like 37 kids. Holy throughout shit. time. Well, I mean, like you know, what are you gonna do? You're immortal. You gotta fuck, man. Gonna, yeah, but, but he sticks around with Heather. I, I commend him for that. Yes. So the uh, the cute after, little blonde. After when what they get happens together. with the Kurgan. Oh, uh, uh, talk about that. That well, was an, well. I want I want to finish off this point first. Okay, sorry. That you're building up this science, and we see, like, when he's killed in battle, he dies, and then is, like, is brought back. And so Ramirez keeps telling him over and over again, he's like, you cannot die. You just have to accept it. I mean, Juan uh, Sanchez, Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. Ramirez. Uh, and so one of the ways that Ramirez tries to train him, uh, and we'll come back to that term train, uh Cause now she's back in the atmosphere. <laughs> uh, no, so the uh, he he throws him into the water. Connor can't swim. Mm-hmm. Throws him into the water, and Connor's like underwater, breathing. Yeah. Okay. And talking actually. And see, here's this is what I have a huge problem with. I the way that I understand how this works is that Connor would go into the water. He would suffocate and drown. And but then, then, like Ramirez would pull him out, mm-hmm. and he would res- he would come back. Right, like that's how th- that immortality works. So there's a thing about that underwater sequence that takes me out of the movie every time. Also, the scene where we flash back to now the 1700s, uh, no 1800s, um, and he's he's being challenged to a duel. Oh yes, and he's like drunk. Was that in the original <laughs> yeah, cut? Yes, because that really seemed like something yes, that was in the director's cut that I would have. I would have totally nicked that in that's, the theatrical release. I think that's hilarious. I've always loved that sequence. It, it feels out of place with the it, rest it, of the world. It, it feels does. like the second unit director uh, directed that because it's, it's kind of campy. It's played for laughs. He's he's dueling with, via swords with this other guy, and I guess we're we're led to believe that he insulted his wife. Yes, called her a dog or something. So uh, he's he's just stabbing him repeatedly, and he keeps getting a up bloated up. warthog. But he doesn't really die. No. He just doesn't sustain damage. Yeah. And then why does the guy shoot his right-hand man afterwards? That seemed out of that's, place as well. That's in the director's cut. Uh, oh, that's yeah. That's in the director's cut. That wasn't in the original one. All right. Well, I in see In the original why. cut, you know, Connor just shakes his hand, apologizes, and walks off. Walks away. Um, yeah. I think what that is, the reason that that moment is in there is because it just led to this point where Connor meets up with another. Because you need to have a POC for Connor mm-hmm. in modern times. You need to have an ally for him to be able to talk about these things like, uh, you know, hey, hashtag immortal problems. 
and that's kind of his person that he talks to. He can't talk to Brenda about this stuff. He can't even talk to Rachel yeah. about all this. But he could talk to another immortal played by Captain Panaka. Are and you so sure that's him? That's Captain Panaka, man. Man, it did not look like him. And so he sits there and he's talking. He's like, hey, remember when I first met you? And da 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 And he's like, oh, yes, that party. And it's like, it's a nice... T- it's Even though it's jarring, the way that it's kind of just thrown in there, mm-hmm. it's important because it goes from that moment and then we kind of catch back up with Kurgan and what the hell the Kurgan's doing yep. and kind of getting that, that story going. Was it necessary now when you look back on it, there's probably a better way to do it? Sure. But it's a, a fun way to throw in some time travel elements. Yeah. It's almost like when you talk about a comedy. And like a comedy, you have to have a good laugh like every five minutes or so. Mm-hmm. With this movie, you're you're touting time travel. You're mm-hmm. touting you know this person who's traveled through time to get to this point. You need to have some shit that's yeah. going on in the past. I haven't seen you since 1731. Yeah, and it's like it you can't say that and not show us. Yeah. Because I feel like if they did, we'd be sitting here bitching about... I wish they'd show us some of this stuff and not right. just tell us, like, hey, I haven't seen you since then. No, and that's one of the great things this film does is it kind of sets the rules and sets the the players, and you're, it leaves you wondering, oh, gosh, how many more are there out there? Like, what, what this could be happening, this same story could be playing out all over the place. I mean, uh-huh. I guess we're led to believe that at the end of this film, he is supposed to be the last He's one. He's the last one. Obviously, that's not clear since they have a TV show and three <laughs> other sequels proving otherwise. But uh, but I, I like that idea. I think that it's interesting that this movie opens with a wrestling match mm. because this entire film and the story plays out like wrestling, like the storylines in a wrestling show. You know what? Show. That's a good point. That you've got Connor. and Because and, here's the thing. You've got Connor who just realizes he's part of this bigger picture of this competition to attain the quickening. Mm-hmm. The uh, prize. The prize. Give me the prize. <laughs> the prize. Uh, okay, so... He's a part of this bigger picture to attain the prize. But, and there's like, there's bad guys, but there's good guys. Mm-hmm. There's Captain Panaka, there's <laughs> there's Ramirez, yep. there's McLeod, you know. And so the, the, the question could be asked when you're watching this movie, why the fuck is Ramirez even training this guy? You mean Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez? Every time. Why is he wasting time training him when he's just going to be an eventual adversary mm-hmm. right yeah, that's right yeah they even have a conversation about that uh-huh. when the time comes will you kill me as well or yeah, something like right? that I'm no they, they do they have that, that and then he's like in the Latin alphabet Jehovah stops with an I <laughs> <laughs> well the penitent man will pass penitent 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's my Christopher Lambert. That's life. actually pretty good. Okay, <laughs> l- let's let's talk about let's this because we've let's, skirted let's, the let's, conversation. Let's unpack this. But uh, Christopher Lambert, it's what Highlander did wrong. Should not. Uh, you're kidding, but that is exactly what I have for this. What this film did wrong. Christopher Lambert. He is simultaneously creepy. Uh, but childlike, uh-huh. but he's got that weird rapey laugh. Yes. Um, but then at the, uh, he's all over the map, and he's got he's got a great look in still photography. And I feel like the he casting does. director yeah. saw some headshots and was like, "That's our guy." What he doesn't <laughs> speak English? No worries, we'll dub it over. He's got a, a couple of months to learn. Yeah. Uh, but you know he looks good with a sword in his hand, and look at that! Look at those that hair and that five head. And he sports got. he sports white sneakers really well. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> his his Jordache jeans and his white sneakers. Look at him running uh, gloriously across the beach on the beach with, with his Connery. shirt open while Sean Connery rides a horse. <laughs> it's so yeah. He's his performance leaves much to be desired, and it's 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 it's. it's 
It's his speech pattern, it, isn't it? It's, it is. It's, I'm sorry, but if English is not your first language, there's just nuances in the uh-huh. way. Like, I could, I would love to be fluent in Spanish, but I've resigned myself to the fact that even if I were, even if I could carry on a conversation, I will never be able to uh, understand the the nuances yeah. and, and the slang and and get some of the the inflections. Yes, that somebody who was born and been speaking that language their entire lives can absolutely. That's I evident. mean, there's so many examples of. Uh, deliveries where you sit there and go, that's not how the writer intended it. No. That's not how the... Like, after he has his moment with Ramirez and he he gets up on the beach... Oh, my God. That's taking up half the podcast (laughs) right there. Uh, When when he he sits there and he's laughing and, you know, uh, Connery's like, you cannot die. Accept it. Like, you know, he's trying to... And he goes, (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) He yes. comes across way too serious. Like, yes. You feel like that's supposed to be kind of that buddy cop moment where yes. it's like, <laughs> like I uh, hate you. Like uh, Marley, Marley Davidson. Yeah. Harley, Mar- Marley Maitland. Marley Matlin <laughs> and the Harlboro Hello, man. I I'm... Oh. What? Well, she's deaf. She's, she's deaf. Not she can't hear me. That's, that's she, can't, she can't hear me make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so evil. Uh, uh, no, so there are there are little little elements like that where yeah. he, he says stuff and uh, when he's in the bar. And he's like, I'd like to walk you home, Brenda. Yes. Like, uh, no. No. No, you are fucking scary. <laughs> I'm getting my mace out right now. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. You know, I, I love the movie. I love everything about it. I can even handle Christopher Lambert when it comes to, like, the sword fighting scenes and yeah. stuff like that. He's easier to stomach early on in the early, you know, Clan McLeod scenes when he's acting with all the other people. Because he doesn't have a lot of dialogue. Doesn't have a lot of dialogue. He fills the screen pretty well. Yeah. But, like, the moment he's having to have, like, you know, like, they're having the intimate moment in his fucking underground lair or some shit, and he gives Brenda that knife, and he holds her hand, and he fucking stabs himself. Yeah. She Holy screams. shit. Yeah, and then, they, and then he does the whole, my name is Connor McLeod. Mm-hmm. She just fucking stabbed him. Yeah. And then they fought. <laughs> That's hot. She's That's like, foreplay. Now it's my turn to get inside you. Yeah. <laughs> now I will do the stabbing. <laughs> stabbing southward. I call this the quickening. <laughs> oh, too uh, quick. Uh, too, um, quick. <laughs> too quick. Too <laughs> quick. You beat me to the joke. Uh, yes, and, and speaking of the quickening, anytime he, he goes through that, that happens a couple of times in this film, his... his um, his his yell, his scream, his his pain. Ah! <laughs> like, like those videos that went around of the goat, the screaming goat. It's <laughs> kind of what he said. Well, that's a little known thing, Joel. It wasn't actually the goat <laughs> making that sound. They just Lambert? superimposed Christopher Lambert's voice. <laughs> he's just got a weird voice, he's, man. He's and got it really weird... takes you out of it. You remember when they cast him as the Asian god of lightning in oh, the Raiden. Mortal Kombat movie? Raiden from yeah. <laughs> Mortal men and women fighting to defend the world. It's not about death, but life. Mortal combat. Mortal combat. <laughs> it's so yeah. It's it's. Who the fuck cast? Like someone kept casting. This, this guy, guy should though. not be in movies. He, he should not be on stage. He, he did a fantastic actor. movie though called The Hunted. Yeah, where he played a French author who ends up in Japan, sleeps with the wrong woman, Uh-oh. and is then under like protection of modern samurai. And, like, Ooh. it's a fucking good movie. I like the sound of that. Uh, and he does well. He fits because he's playing what he should be playing, hmm. a French author stuck <laughs> in, like, Japan, uh, not a, a, a French-Scottish yeah. guy. In New York. In, in, <laughs> didn't Sting sing a song about that? I think so. I'm a French-Scottish guy. 
I'm a French Scottish guy. <laughs> Uh, all right. So uh, we haven't talked anything about the character of the Kurgan. I was just gonna say we got to talk about the villain because this film has a fantastic villain. Man, yeah. he is pulling in a, a tour de force performance. Yeah, he's so good. He is, uh, I, and, and he sticks with you like that performance. Uh, specifically, he goes into the fucking church. That whole scene is so tense. <laughs> it's and so amazing, uncomfortable. Like, this he, is the guy. But by the way, if you don't know who this actor is, everybody's seen the Shawshank Redemption. He is the lead. Uh, uh, not cop. What is he? He's a he's uh, he's the lead guard. Guard. He's thank one of the lead you. guards yeah. of the prison. Yeah. And if you're a fan of DC's animated universe, he's the voice of Lex Luthor. I think. No way. Yeah. Interesting. I think he's the voice of Lex Luthor. He's got a good look though. But he's man, he's look. so creepy in this yeah. one, and just wearing that leather. He's so back in in 1500 Scotland or whatever. He's got this horse. He's this wearing black a skull horse. for a helmet. Mm-hmm. He's got oh. these long manes flowing. Yeah. And then his his 80s version of that is like a um a, a leather jacket with yes, no sir. sleeves. Uh-huh. Um, and by this point, um, what's his name? Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez <laughs> has slit his throat. So he's got like a scar where he's kind of like stitched it back together a yeah. little bit. Uh, and just looking, looking I see ancient. my cut has improved your voice. <laughs> yeah, good life. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, uh, and just like you said, that scene in the church where he's just fucking creeping uh, dude, everybody out. When he, when he out. first walks up and he walks up to like all the prayer candles and he's like, uh, 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 yep. like snuffing them snuffing all out. out and then fucking goes and he sits and he talks to McLeod and I guess there's a rule and I think they talked about this in this version but they didn't really expand on it much in the original cut but they can't fight on holy ground I wondered why and yeah. I just assumed that that was it because yeah he could have decapitated him right there yeah and McLeod knows he's there uh-huh. he senses him yeah with his French oh my god when like the nuns ro- walk by uh-huh. and he's like how you doing today, sisters? That and also the scene after he kidnaps Brenda uh-huh. and uh, they're they're joyriding yes. through, and he's playing chicken, and he's doing that. He's like covering his eyes and he's pretending to be scared. <laughs> yeah. ooh, ooh. <laughs> it looks like so he's having so much fun. It's I, it's and and in a film like this, it's important to have a good villain that you can kind of like hate, but kind of root especially for. when you have a hero that's as un- unengaging, <laughs> yeah, as Christopher Lambert as Connor McCloud. That's true. Uh, you know, again. I love the movie, and I think the movie still works despite our our protagonist. Mm-hmm. But you look at this. You look at what they've built around it. You've got great production. Uh, you've got great soundtrack, great score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got great side characters played by Sean Connery and Clancy Brown. They are carrying this film on their shoulders yeah. and helping bring Christopher Lambert along on this ride. Oh. Go ahead. Can I talk about? I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot here a little bit, and, and, I, and I want to talk about one of the Brenda. Yeah, eh, she's okay. She's inoffensive. Uh, but of all the female leads, I actually like uh, like Heather. That was his first wife back in in Scotland. Yeah, um, and uh, she. I, I was confused as to why she doesn't die. Why why Kurgan doesn't kill her after he kills Ramirez. Yeah, uh, Juan Sanchez Villa Lobos Ramirez. Um, and then we find out later in in the 80s. Yeah, uh, that it's uh, he says he he he. he well, he raped her because he thought he was uh, uh, Sean Connery's girlfriend. And yeah. it turns out, no, it was his. Yes. And that's the first time he's heard of it. When I Imagine had her, that. He, when she, I had his woman. That's right. She, oh. He, she's been dead for 500 years, and he's just now finding out the yeah. truth. Yeah. Because I I thought when we see that scene after he's defeated Sean Connery, and he grabs her by the throat, and then we cut away. Like, that, that was it. I'm picturing, like, we're going to, it's going to be like a gladiator scene where he come back and she's hanging or he's killed her or something. Uh-huh. And, no, we just see them live out the rest of their lives. Uh, by the way, the uh, award for worst makeup <laughs> on par to... with the old age makeup in the 1990s uh, 
Salinger Captain America movie. Oh, I don't know if you've ever seen that. I haven't. But they had this girl who like doubled two characters. Like she she plays Steve Rogers' girlfriend in the past, but then she also plays the daughter of Steve Rogers' girlfriend. Uh, and like they use old age makeup. Yes. And it's so Not bad. Very well. Yeah. Yeah. Not only is the makeup bad, but this actress had a hard time portraying. It's hard to aged. do, man. Yeah. It's hard to do. You know who did it well? This is a total tangent. No, total tangent. Um, there's a film Brad that I, Pitt. No, there's a film that I saw on uh, Netflix called Mr. Nobody, starring Jared Leto. Have you seen this? Have you even no. heard of it? You should check That's it out. That's not the one where Tom Selleck plays baseball in Japan. No, <laughs> <laughs> That's Mr. Baseball. It's Mr. Baseball. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Buddha. How about is, it. is it the one where um, where where John not John James Belushi? It's not Mr. Robot makes a wish, <laughs> and he ends up married to Renee Russo. It's not Mr. Oh shit! What was the name of that movie? Mr. Destiny. Mr. Destiny. There you God, go. God, I'm throwing like all these, all these. Like, I knew it. I just didn't movies. know the name of it. it starts uh, with Mr. No, it's none of those. But check it out on Netflix. Mr. Nobody's very well shot. Kind of an art film starring the Joker. But he plays. Yeah, and as much as people like to hate him, it's hard to hate him after watching this. Movie. I like Jared Leto. He I just think that his Joker looks man. horrible. Yeah, I don't know whose fault that is yet. I'm going to withhold judgment until I okay. see that film. And I will see that film. I know you I'm, will. You I'm keep mentioning that. Interesting. Uh, but you did see this film called Highlander. I did Highlander. see this film. So Heather, we have Heather, the old the old girlfriend who, uh, they live out their lives. She gets old and then dies. And she says, light a candle for me on my birthday. The who wants to live forever She's scene. actually, the, yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, but then the other female lead, um, yes, Brenda. <laughs> uh, we, we've talked enough about her. But then It's a sword, Frank. I want to talk. A very expensive sword. <laughs> It's uh, what is it? Fo- folded two hundred times. Why won't Japanese you let steel. me in? Yeah, she's <laughs> inoffensive. I think yeah. is the word I use yes. later. But the one I like, the one I want to know more about is Rachel. Rachel. So Rachel, and, and you said that um, this was not in the original cut. It's not scene. in the no. It's not in the original cut. There's this whole World War II sequence mm-hmm. where he saves a, a little girl from being shot by a Nazi soldier, mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't in. That was the scene that I really appreciated getting to see when they finally released this well, yeah. director's cut because you get a little bit more of of context of the relationship between Connor and Rachel. Like you find out that they were lovers, which is kind of weird. I know. Isn't that right? kind of weird that like she's a little little girl and then eventually grows up and they were lovers? It's like a Benjamin Button sort of thing. And then not just that, but then she grows old and watches him move on to somebody else. I know. It's kind of kind of sad. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of an intriguing story. I want to know more about that. Yeah. Um, they could have delved a little bit in their love life. And maybe that's that's a prequel. That could maybe. Be they, but then she gets killed. <laughs> so, Does she so, get killed? Doesn't Kurgan kill her? Like he goes into the... I thought he did. Oh, I missed that part, maybe. Huh. Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure. The last time I saw her is when uh, Nash, a.k.a. Connor McLeod, is leaving, going down the elevator. Oh, that's right. Her. And she's like, she says, not coming back. You're not coming you? back, yeah. That was the last time. I hope she doesn't die. <laughs> I mean, natural, of course, she, she will, of course. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I like that. Unless she gets the quickening. Because we're, <laughs> we're introduced to her already as an old woman. Yeah. And they have this relationship, but you can tell they have a past. And then you you find out they have they have quite a quite a it's, past. It's fleshed out nicely though. Yeah. It, it's nice to see that they didn't just rely on like medieval flashbacks. That they did some like World War Two things. Yep. Again, that would that's a sequence that I did wish that they had kept in the original cut. Yeah, that I think been it, nice. it, it was it like two minutes long. Why yeah, would you it's, Why it's would you nothing. get rid of that? They just they got rid of it. I think honestly, I think it was because this is an R rated movie anyway, isn't it? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why decapitations unless it was one of those you need to take some violence out of this movie or else you're going to get. Then let me ask you this, Joe. So you just saw the director's cut recently for the first time, right? Um, Well, I saw the director's cut a while back. Okay. This is is the first time I've revisited it. I haven't watched the director's cut as much as I watched the original. Okay. So what did you think their relationship was upon first viewing? How did how did you think she knew he was an immortal? I thought that it was kind of a like maybe they've known each other for years and years, and he she's one of the few people that he he confided in. Okay. But then they also allude to it. In when he before he leaves, she does say something along the lines of like "I love you" or, or or something. I can't remember, but it like it opens up like "Oh shit, these two were lovers at one point," and it still makes you feel kind of shitty for her that like he's gonna move on and go be with you know charisma free forensic scientist <laughs> yeah. who just happens to be a metallurgical scientist. Yeah, like Ramirez is the metallurgical expert. I mean Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Uh yeah, so that, I think that's that's a little convenient. Um, yeah, but I I feel worse for Heather. Like Heather's on her deathbed in sixteen hundred Scotland. No, and he's still young and suave, and she knows that he's going to move on. Yeah, he's got his his seed to sow. <laughs> his his blank. Um, seed. so what else? I, I've got one little note that I wrote here, and we've totally skipped over the sequence already. Let's hear it. Um, but there's a part where Brenda, as being the forensic scientist that she is, goes back to the scene of the crime at Madison Square Garden, the <laughs> yes. parking garage. Yes. And uh, and she pulls out her metal detector mm-hmm. in a underground parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but metal pylons. <laughs> and is able around to her. like locate locate this little shard of mm-hmm. metal that's in one of the pylons. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to go with you on this ride. That she brings a metal detector to find more clues. I can go with you on this ride. Wouldn't it detect his sword <laughs> that's like hanging over her head? That's a good point. Much like the sword of Damocles, uh, <laughs> that the sword, sword of is Damocles hanging over my head. <laughs> Zombie. Zo- no, no. <laughs> it's Rocky Horror Picture Show. Sure, um, I love that movie when he beats Apollo in the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, guys! No pain. <laughs> no, no pain. No pain. Uh, but you would think like this thing would pick up. Oh, the sword. There's a sword. Look, there's another sword up here. And it's got this guy's fingerprints all fucking over it. Yes. There's got to be a better way. There has, there's a, be- a better way. Um, the end of this movie, mm-hmm. where it fucking, they have that sword fight. It's a great climax. On top of the building. Yeah. Uh, Multi-leveled. So cool. Like, this is this is swashbuckling and epic. and uh, it's, it's massive. It's, it's the sword fight that you wanted all of George Lucas's lightsaber oh my battles God, yes. in the prequels to be. You're absolutely right. But none of them had the emotional heft. With all that of the pomp and, and circumstance that the Ewan McGregor, or I guess I could say Obi Wan and, and Anakin battle in episode three has, uh-huh. where they're jumping you and mean, they're Juan Sanchez, Villalobos, like a... <laughs> Anakin. <laughs> I deserve that. I deserve that. No, where they're, you know, they're floating on lava and it turns into like a video game sequence yeah. and nobody cares. And uh-huh. then it ends with a, with a whimper. Yeah. This one is like, yeah, the huge letters. What, what does it spell out? Where are they? Oh, it's it's in New York City. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember off can't the top of my head. I can't remember either, but they're, they're illuminated neon lights and as they're they're whacking away at them, they're falling on and they're yes. crashing and then they crash through a roof and uh-huh. fall and it's great. And, and, and then, then it's in the water and then there's that there's one. There's that huge that yeah, one, that that, tracking that shot. track shot where they're fighting and, and they're fucking, silhouetted with the windows <sighs> behind them. Colored. So it's, beautiful! It is fantastic, man. Uh-huh. That actually, yeah, was was reminiscent of uh, the the Vader Luke uh, lightsaber battle from Empire. Yes, sir. 
And uh, yeah, really well shot, man. I keep coming back to the camera work. Not just well shot, but the score in that moment. Absolutely. Like, it's fucking amazing. Absolutely. It is, it is hitting on all cylinders, and it's, uh, it's triggering all of the emotions. It's triggering all the senses at the same time. Uh, while you're sitting there watching that, you become emotionally invested in what's going on. You know, this battle that's been fought over centuries is now culminating in this moment. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I wish they'd have done different mm-hmm. is not fucking had like a 20-minute quick quickening scene that followed yeah uh, especially because we have to hear christopher lambert ah, ah. ah i know everything i feel everything <laughs> and that's another thing that they introduce early on in the movie that i wish they would have done a little bit more with where connery and and mcleod are on the beach and he's like you see that production footage of a stag that we've put into this movie <laughs> <laughs> that, that stock, stock nature imagery. footage <laughs> imagery uh so he's like you feel it feel the stag <laughs> and now let it and now so it like it's supposed to tell you like that these immortals have this empathic power right. where they could feel the beings around them mm-hmm. and kind of tap into their energy tap into what they do and i kind of wish that that would have played more of a part in this film like you, why would you introduce an element like that yeah and then not really do anything. I thought it would it. be more beautiful, and it just comes off as painful. And then we have these like Fantasia-like animated <laughs> uh, line drawings that of, are like penetrating and him ghosts and like hitting him at the same time. But then like skulls going yes. over his head. Why and, is this a, such a negative? This is no prize. And I well, here's the thing. This is why I feel like it's negative because a lot of that power. What he's doing is he's absorbing every life that the Kurgan has taken. Right. He's getting, but on top of that, he's also filling himself with that negative energy, yeah. that evil that was the Kurgan. And so I think part of the unspoken battle that's going on there is Connor retaining his, you know, his what he is, his his biological and even emotional and intellectual makeup. Like he's he's retaining all of that, mm-hmm. fighting that internally. So that way, like, and that's me romanticizing what it could possibly be. No, I like that explanation. So, I'll go with that. Yeah. It just seemed out of place. A little bit. Like, why are we in cartoon? Why is this Who Framed Roger Rabbit all of a sudden? <laughs> that would be fun. But forgivable. Uh-huh. To, because the rest of the movie because is Because the rest so of the movie is fun. And inventive. Uh-huh. I like it. I, I want to live in this world. It's <laughs> Not in the future, though, in part two. <laughs> I want to be where the immortals are. <laughs> I, I want to see, see, wanna wanna see, see them slashing. Oh, yours is better. Uh, no, yours is pretty good, too. Yeah. You had that ABQ. I had the ABQ. You I'll take ABQ. that. God I'll put one on my head. Um, do you have any other notes on this? I do not. Okay. So, what did Highlander do right? I, I I've talked enough about the camera work, um, but we've also touched on the score earlier. And uh, yeah, I can't I can't praise that enough. That Michael Kamen score. I was actually listening to it on the way here yeah. because I wanted to hear that that cue again. Um, it's very recognizable. I didn't realize how ingrained it was until I was hearing it on its own. And I was like, oh, this is this is bringing back visions of the film I yes. just watched. Yeah. Uh, and that's the best thing you can say about a score is that it makes you relive the film as you're listening to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So I, I really like the soundtrack. Especially when you have the entire film recorded on a tape and you're just <laughs> listening to it over and over again. Yep. Uh, there was a point where I could quote the entire movie. Really? Like I could just spew the entire movie out. Wow. Uh, I can't remember. There was two movies I did that with. I think it was that one, and I think it was The Crow was the other one. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, the I Crow can, I didn't quite stick with as much. I can maybe do that with The Big Lebowski. Oh, God, I fucking love that movie. And at this point, I could probably do Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I could probably do that with Scott Pilgrim <laughs> as well. Every fucking single line. Oh, my one. God. Uh, so I have to, I'm, I mean, I have to. 
agree with you and piggyback on what you said. Okay. The production of this movie, as far as like the way that it looks, for the most part, there's some stuff that doesn't match up, you know, and that's just filming in the 80s, especially mm-hmm. if you read up on the story of like what it took to make this movie and uh, and the battles. Uh, our friend Devin, who was on the Flash Gordon podcast, posted uh, a link to a story not too long ago that told the history of Highlander and like how this movie shouldn't have been made because of all the pitfalls that oh, they ran really? into. Um, yeah, they shot it um, for like $19 million, yeah. which is really amazing. They only had Sean Connery for a week. They shot all of the scenes in one week. That's craziness. When you think about that, you're like, oh, yeah. wow, that's great. But like they used him like as much as they possibly could. Mm-hmm. They fucking used that, and they framed these shots of Sean Connery so well. He looks, even though he's got that fake tan and he's got the <laughs> eyeliner going that on. weird hat. He looks so good. There's so many like just classic shots. So many things. When I think of Highlander and I think of these images, like classic images of the movie, one of them when he's got like his hat on and he's looking back and he's like, you cannot die, blah. Um, <laughs> is he a vampire? <laughs> yes, he is. Blah, no. blah. Well, they're immortal. So That's true. Sunlight doesn't kill them, though. <laughs> uh, no, but the production, the, the movie looks good. The movie sounds fucking amazing. Not just Michael Kamen's score, but the Queen soundtrack that goes along with it. Uh, it's funny watching. Did, have you ever watched the music video to Princes of the Universe? No. Holy shit. Yeah? You need to see the fucking video All to right. Princes of the Universe. Well, we post that on our Facebook page, it's too. It's Queen performing on the rooftop where the sword fight takes place. Oh. And fucking Christopher Lambert shows up <laughs> and just awkwardly fucking walks around the band. I love when they do that. Like an old, they did that a lot in the old music videos where they had yes. to work the actors from the. Wasn't there a Ghostbusters uh, uh, yeah. video as well? Where they at did the, the same at thing? the end of the Ghostbusters video, they're dancing with Ray Parker Jr. That's right in the street. That's so bad. And that's what they ended up using. If you ever watched the end credits of the Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters animated show, that's right. They're doing the doing dance that move. at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's so fucking awkward. Uh, and, and and Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2. That whole video is like him walking through a bar while Guns N' Roses is playing what? in the bar. Yes, sir. Oh. Uh, so yeah, the, the video is fucking amazing. But no, the production, the music, the way this movie looks, even the writing for a B-action film, mm-hmm. there's some strong writing going on here. I agree. Uh, and stuff that still, like to this day, I'll kind of go back to and be like, this is nice. This is a nice touch of realism. Mm-hmm. Really fucking love it. That's what it did right for me as Nicely well. Nicely done. Uh, what did Highlander do wrong? Christopher Lambert. There it is. <laughs> there it is. I'm sorry, but uh, he this this movie is successful despite him. Yes, and it's not. He's not necessarily doing anything wrong. He's just, just he's him. just unable to do it right. He's just, yeah, he's just being himself, and I don't like himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you think that he was cast by Russell Mulcahy, or do you think he was like? I feel like. Because there's got to be a story there. Sarah posted a link to us. She was like, this is something that's interesting that you guys can watch because that new Tarzan movie came out. Oh, yeah. So she's like, why don't you guys watch Greystoke? Because he, he plays, plays Tarzan. fucking Tarzan. That's that's probably the role he was born. And play. apparently there was like an English overdub in this movie, but it wasn't for him. It's for Andy McDowell. What? <laughs> yes. Why is I don't know. This is what Sarah told me, but just hearing People that couldn't like, understand Andy McDowell. I guess she was she sounded too southern, so they used Glenn Close. Oh, interesting to do the voice for her. I could see that. I guess I don't know. I can't. It's weird, but no, I, dude, agreed. Like a million times, agreed. Christopher Lambert, 
Lambert, Lambert. Yeah. Uh, Lambert. The, the, he is what Highlander did wrong. Yeah. He is just like, he's he's goofy. He's giving it his all, though. He, he is. He's trying so hard. I know. Like, you want to give him a medal for showing up. Like, here you go, Most buddy. improved. You've you've done well. Thank you for being a part Here's of this. Here's your participation trophy. But you are really the weakest part of this movie. Goodbye. Uh, all right. So, if we were going to remake Highlander today... Uh, how would we do that, Joe? Do, uh, this is a good remaking one. I, the original. I don't have it, and and you know what, Joe? This movie, especially now on its 30th anniversary, is ripe for a reboot. It really like, is. I'm watching this, and it's like the ideas are fresh. Why hasn't this been remade? I think we're ready, Joe. I think so too, and I think that it's the perfect way, kind of like what Days of Future Past did for X Men. Mm. Uh, this is a good way to kind of erase those sequels. Right. Let's start over. Let's start over. Tell a cohesive story and be deliberate with. If we do sequelize it, let's be deliberate. This could with be it. another franchise. It could be. I hope you're listening, Canon Films. Oh wait. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I have seven. I recast seven. Um, I recast four. Okay. You just yeah. did the top ones. I just did the top. Well, one. let me get my three out of the way because I'm sure you did not recast a Sunda Castigar. You mean Captain Panaka? Captain Panaka. I went with uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. That's good. Wouldn't he make a nice uh, he, immortal? He would. And he shows up for a couple scenes and I then gets decapitated. Feel, I feel like when we get to these points, you're like, uh, you just like have a wheel of black actors. No! And you just spin it. He, <laughs> no, it's not that at all. He's Mario like, Van shit, Peebles. Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Ghost Dog, so he can use a sword. There you go. That's a good point. Yeah. The last samurai. The first samurai? Samurai dog. No. Ghost Dog. Ghost Dog. The last, way of the samurai. The way of the samurai. I always forget what that subtitle is. Yeah. So Chiwetel Ejiofor. No, no, I, I I like him because he's um, he's a great actor. He's really and good. he reminded me of that kid. He's really good, and he seems like somebody who and is he's young. used a sword. You ever see Firefly? That's right, Serenity. That, maybe that's why subconsciously I'm seeing him with that samurai sword. Yes, and also uh, he looks like somebody who's wise beyond his years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel, who is the uh, the little girl that he saves in Nazi Germany, yeah, uh, we can assume, uh, who then grows up to be his. Uh, uh, we, we realize they've had a, a history, a past, but she's she's past her prime now. Yeah, it's time to move on to new tale. <laughs> Connor McLeod. They keep getting older. I stay the same age. But in this version, uh, you were talking about Glenn Close as the voice of um, Andy McDowell. Not Malcolm McDowell. Very (laughs) important not to confuse the two. Andy McDowell as Malcolm McDowell. (laughs) Time is the fire in which we burn. (laughs) That's my Glenn Close doing a very obscure Malcolm McDowell line. Can you name that film, Joe? uh, Isn't that the the one where they they put his eyes, they open a clockwork orange? No, I'm sorry. It's not clockwork orange? No, no, sorry. No, that's a deep cut. That's a... (laughs) No. No, no, sorry. That was a... Star Trek Generations. Oh, my God. Malcolm McDowell. Oh, my God. My brother knew that, I guarantee. Holy shit. Uh, So, Rachel, it's Glenn It was... Fun. (laughs) (laughs) Heather. Heather, his uh, his Scottish wife. Pretty sure I just did an Irish accent there. Uh, How about another Heather? Heather Graham. Could play that role. Hey, she good kinda call. She kind of looks like her. Yeah. Uh, and maybe she can do a better job playing an older version of herself. That's that's a good call. That's a good call, good call on Heather. And then finally, I think I have the same four that you probably have. So uh, you sure. want to ping pong from this point? Yeah, we can, we can ping pong. Let's do it. This. Well, let's start with Brenda. Uh, Mom Jean's Brenda. Brenda. Uh, in this movie, uh, what is that actress's name? Oh, well, we'll never hear from her again. <laughs> but in my version, uh, I'm going to let... Squareface. <laughs> her, main, her name's Amanda Squareface. <laughs> Square, Squareface mom pants. <laughs> <laughs> Were you about to high-five me? <laughs> Fist bump? There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I dropped my phone so hard. I was like, oh, I need to check on that. Yeah, if, you, you weren't in the, if, you're, if you're not here in the studio, which yeah. is just me and Joel, your room, your spare uh, you room. did not see me... <laughs> uh, 
uh, undeliberately uh, <laughs> leave him hanging on a high five. Uh, how about Rachel McAdams <laughs> in that role? Love that. I'm kind of picturing her her character from Spotlight. Okay. She's on the hunt. I still need to see that movie. I have not yet seen it. It's on Netflix now. God, I want to watch Add it. Add it to your list. I will. Uh, and I'll check it twice. <laughs> Uh, for my Brenda, mm-hmm. I went with Zoe Deschanel. <gasps> Ooh, okay. I like uh, that. I like that. Because she kind of has this like nitwitty look <laughs> like like yep. this Brenda woman had. Do-eyed. Where it's like, I'm a metallurgical scientist. <laughs> sure. See, and here's the thing. I love Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. I do. I love her a lot. And I love 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. Uh, I like the new girl. But there are some times where it's like, yeah. Mm, not uh, since not since Denise Richards played a uh, a, nuclear, a physicist. nuclear physicist in the James Bond movie Christmas Jones. Yeah, I thought Christmas only came once a year. I guess Christmas comes more than once a year. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's Brenda. All right. I guess. Uh, do we want to do Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez? <laughs> I got you doing it now. Or do we want to do the Kurgan next? Let's do uh, Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. Okay. Uh, I went with Brian Cranston. Oh, interesting. <gasps> I want to see him in that hat on yeah. a horse. Uh-huh. That's fantastic. I, I, I went with him. I have a, as you would say, an also ran, mm-hmm. Ian Glenn from Game of Thrones, who plays Jorah Mormont. Uh, if you don't recognize him from Game of Thrones, he was also the bad guy in the first Tomb Raider movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that guy. Yeah, interesting. I think, that, I think that they would play those roles fairly well. Good call. I would love to see Brian Cranston play this role. I went with... Because I feel like he is today's Sean Connery, but with better kind of career is. choices. He kind of is. And also does not pass for an Egyptian or a Spaniard. Exactly. Somebody who does pass for a Spaniard. Uh, how about Antonio Banderas? Oh, Antonio Banderas. He is my one son. So, so instead of Christopher Ramirez. Lambert, you went with another actor that we can't understand half the time what he's saying. Maybe we'll get uh, Malcolm McDowell to <laughs> dub his lines or, or Glenn Close. Or Andy McDowell. I am Puss in Boots. <laughs> Puss. Can we just, could that be it? Could it just be Puss in Boots as Ramirez? <laughs> it's basically the same character. That's awesome. Uh, how about Victor uh, Kruger? Yeah, Kruger, but they call him... The Kurgan. The Kurgan. Mm. Well, I'll let you go first on this Yeah? Mm-hmm. Man, I have I have some also-rans here. I don't want to... I, I have like, one also-ran. You ran. have one also-ran? Uh-huh. All right, well, let me... I'm going to do one first. I'm going to do my real pick. You want to do your real pick? And then we'll ping part. Or do you want to do our also-rans first? Okay, let's do the also-rans yeah, first. okay. My also-ran is Javier Bardem. My also-ran is Howard Stern. What? He fucking, As the Kurgan? He fucking looks uh, like Howard Stern okay, in if, a few parts in the in the present. That's a good point. If, yeah. he, if he gained a lot of muscle, like if he roided out, yeah. he could play that role. He could play the Kurgan. Man, he would look, he would, that would, with the hair and everything yeah, too, yeah. And, and the sunglasses. Uh-huh. He's Maybe a tall not the guy. sunglasses. Oh, I like it. All right. All right. Interesting. So, so there you go. If you have any other, uh, that's no, the only that, also that ran. That was my also ran. Uh, my real pick is uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, that's good. How about that? He's that's, scary. That's really good. If he does his his Bill the Butcher character. Yes. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. All right, boys. <laughs> um, okay. I went younger mm-hmm. with my Kurgan. Uh, I'm basically going to have him channeling the character he played in The Force Awakens. I went with Adam Driver. Oh, as the oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Oh, he even looks like him, too. Uh-huh. Oh. I skewed it younger. I, I like did, that. I did skew it well, younger. Well, they but... are immortal. Yeah. So they can be any age, I guess. One. <laughs> but there can only be one. But there can only be one. Uh, all right. That leaves us with our Connor McLeod. Yeah, here we go. I do not have an also ran, so I'm just going gonna... to... I, I don't either. All right. Well, I went with actual Scotsman Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor's a good my choice. my Connor McLeod. Yeah, and he's got plenty of experience using uh, doing the Fake fencing. Fake swords, anyway. Yeah. Um, my Connor McLeod isn't going to be initially, isn't going to be as recognizable mm-hmm. as Ewan McGregor. I went with Matthew Lewis. Matthew hmm. Lewis, if you're a fan of the Harry Potter film series, yes. played Neville Longbottom 
<gasps> oh, I like that, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah and he, uh, he looks buff now. I think that there it's, he is. I think it's time. It's time for him to get a vehicle of his own. Uh, you know, he's <gasps> turned into like this heartthrob for, for, for the chicks. And he and is. for some guys. Oh, he's English, though. He's, he's English. Close enough. It's closer to Scottish Listen, than fucking Christopher Lambert. Everybody's doing like three different accents in this film. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And none of them the appropriate no. one. <laughs> All right. So Kevin Costner is <laughs> Connor McLeod. <laughs> who's directing this? Uh, mine actually went with Peter Jackson because some of the camera work in here feels like some of the stuff he did with Lord of the Rings and also we, we, all that 18th or 15th century uh, uh, Scottish, uh-huh. Scottish? Scottish. Scotland <laughs> slash Scottish. B-roll kind of feels like the Shire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How about you? I went with Mel Gibson. Based on his Braveheart work. Nice. Yeah. Of course, it's right there. Uh, I think that he's... You could say what you want about him being batshit crazy. Mm -hmm. We will. The guy created a fantastic film with Braveheart. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, you still got to give that movie credit. Like, it's one of those movies that technically has... You come back to it and you're like, hmm, hmm, Wow. But it's still pretty fucking strong. It's all the right notes. Um, so yeah, Mel Did you ever Gibson. See, uh, I, I didn't see his follow-ups, which I heard were good. Apocalyptica. No, yeah. I, or Apocalypto. I saw That's Apocalypto, and the thing is, like, coming off of Braveheart and then off of Passion of the Christ, like, people were really like, I guess that everyone was expecting something like super fucking serious and like. Uh, something that was making a statement like Passion of the Christ Mm -hmm. and Apocalypto isn't. It's a very simple movie about a young man, you know, what, native Spaniard or or whatever, like the the Mayans. Right. It's about the downfall of the Mayan Empire, whatever, but it doesn't really highlight like what exactly was the downfall of the Mayan Empire. It's just about this dude whose family gets taken prisoner by like English settlers and he fucking races across the jungle to get them back. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple movie. Uh, and it got too much flack, I think. I enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, no, I think Mel Gibson's a fantastic, fantastic uh, director. Person. Yeah. No, maybe not <laughs> Maybe not person, but uh, he's definitely good at crafting a film. He's good at telling a story, uh, especially when he can call someone sugar tits. <laughs> uh, all right, so if you've got any thoughts about how you would redo uh, The Highlander, today uh, or if you have any thoughts about the film if you've been screaming stuff at your podcast screen going you're not talking about this you're not talking about this thing uh, you could talk to us on our Facebook page you can talk back to us just put in the search bar the editing bay there's going to be a, a picture of a woman with bleeding eyes it's going to pop up it's an it's it's a drawing it's not a real woman whose eyes have been ripped yeah, out that would be morose that would be horrible yeah morose um, I, ha- <laughs> I have nowhere to go with that. I was trying really fast, trying to be quick. <laughs> I could tell. My improvisational mind has just I appreciate shut your down. instinct to shit on me. Thank you, best damn cherry cola, for completely inhibiting me. <gasps> I just bought a six-pack of that oh, shit, that's too. so fucking good. It is uh, strong. If you've got thoughts about best damn cherry cola, you can write, <laughs> write to us on Facebook and let us know. Seriously, if you've got any thoughts about this movie, Highlander, which is a classic, uh, definitely a movie that I would still recommend to this day, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm glad that I got you to watch it. Yes. Uh, uh, if you've got any thoughts about it, you could talk back to us on that. And if you've got any suggestions for movies that you'd like us to watch in the future, yeah. you can also set those in stone uh, in the digital realm of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. Please it is help me out. Talk edit, about it. Editingbay.com. You can go there and uh, find links to all of our all of our uh, uh, all things Editing Bay. We've got a link there to our Facebook page if you're you're just too inept to find it from the actual Facebook search bar. <laughs> uh, also, if you're looking for our Twitter handle, which is at the Editing Bay, I just told it to you. But if you forget by the time this podcast is over, all you have to remember is EditingBay.com. Awesome. Uh, if you get us on your Apple device. 
there's going to be a little app there called Podcast. Go ahead and tap on that, and in the search function, put in the editing bay. You could do Next Wave Radio, or you could do the editing bay. Uh, either way, go to our section there and give us a five-star rating and a review. Uh, that would help us out a lot. We love to hear what it is that you like about the show. Love to hear what it is that you think we could be doing different or adding on to it. Uh, definitely appreciate your suggestions and your creative criticism. Uh, but yeah, five-star rating and a review would be very helpful. Um, and if you don't have an Apple device, you can always find our show by using the Podcast Addict or Podcast Republic apps on your Android device. So what are we going to do next week? Well, uh, we've already announced two films that we have yet to follow up on to actually deliver. Uh, The Gross Point Blank, which was announced maybe a month or so ago. I don't know that we're ever going to get back to that. Uh, That's going to have to be your call. That was your call. But uh, a couple of weeks ago... <laughs> Where did that come from? That's that's the song like that opens up and closes out Gross Point. Blank. Oh, does it really? Yeah. Let me go on like a blister in the sun. Let me go on. Uh, well, not gonna do that. But uh, a couple naga, weeks ago, naga, not, not gonna work, work here, here anymore. anymore. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, uh, I had it announced uh, Goonies, and then we uh, we skipped it to do this. I think. And no, no, no. Else. We skipped it to do Dave and Mike need wedding. That's dates. what it was because we had that opportunity for for to bring our gals in here. I figured that was more appropriate than doing Goonies. But you know what? Uh, I can't, can't let it go much longer. I don't want to get into the habit of announcing movies and not following and not up. doing it. So, uh, plus I heard like, from a couple like, people that were like, hey, what's up with the Goonies And they episode? were like, hey, what about Last Action Hero? <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe and Jeff, we're going to talk about Last Action Hero. Oh, that is still on the list, folks. Yeah. But uh, harder to come across. But however, Goonies is not difficult Goonies. to come across. And uh, a, a fine time to revisit. It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion there are parts of it that will not hold up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, You and I probably both... Loved it as a child. As one collective child, we did. (laughs) (laughs) My mind to your mind. We were like a Pokemon with like just Joel's head and my head sticking out. Ooh. Jojel. I was just going to say, what would her name be? Jojel. Yeah. It'd have to be something with our last names. Jojel. Bernsonati. Bernsonati. And we were a fire type. Yeah. Yes. Two-headed. So we're going to talk about the Goonies. So we're going to talk about Goonies next week. Hey, did you week. mail off Levi, listener Levi, his you know picture what? of Sean? I sure did. <gasps> did you? No, I didn't. Oh, damn it. But, but I will. I'm sorry. Dude, it's 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 coming. Uh, life, life. And so am I. Life finds its way. I swear I will Suddenly do it. I've crossed the line. You know what? The good news is I am moving soon. And uh, as part of the packing up process, there's going to be a lot of purging going on. That's a lot nice. of P words. It's going to be a bunch of shit that I've given you to keep in <laughs> That's your right. house. That's uh, right. Yeah, garage sale. If you want to <laughs> pick up some of the stuff Joe's given me over the years, it's <laughs> not found a permanent well, we, home. We, it's editing bay memorabilia. There you go. That's a nice way to spin it. Good yeah. spin. But uh, Levi, it will be in the mail uh, soon. I okay. guarantee it. Your check is in the mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So next week, Goonies Woo-hoo! right here on the editing bay. Is that on any streaming services? I don't think so. I've got it on Blu-ray. I do as well. Dude, you know what we should do? We should invite the girls back on. Yeah. And we should fucking, I've got the Goonies board game. Oh. And we should play some Goonies board game. Well. Get the whole experience. The problem is, uh, as you noticed with (laughs) last week. The problem is, I don't like you. (laughs) 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 No, uh, I do have to apologize to the listeners for the sound quality in last week's episode because in order to get four microphones in here, we had to do a little bit of finagling and some last-minute troubleshooting. Yeah, uh, and it was not our best sounding, it, no. even though the uh, the talent was not to blame for that. Just no. me was, and the equipment. It, well, no, I mean we're we're still kind of learning to do this without Jeff. Yeah, we miss well, it's you. It's not that I just don't want to buy two no, more no, microphones. We're still we're still learning how to do this. That's right. Jeff. We can't. It's do a it without nice you, way Jeff. of doing it. It's a nice way of saying that. We miss you, Jeff. Miss you, Jeff. Um. So yeah, it's next week, join us for the Goonies. 
Jeff, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> Joel, it's always a pleasure. That was actually Christopher Lambert. It was actually Christopher Walken. <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Hey, I'm going to throw that uh, poll up on the uh, the Facebook page. What was it again? Oh, which Queen song? <laughs> which Queen song do you prefer? Which was the better theme? Was it Princes of the Universe for Highlander mm-hmm. or Flash Gordon's Flash? That's right. Vote now. Vote now. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.